This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by La Vida Verde. La Vida Verde is a health and wellness edibles brand aimed at conscious consumers. Like you. And you. Yeah. La Vida Verde Super Cookies are the most delicious coconut cashew bites. They've got flavors like lemon pie, salted caramel, raspberry, chocolate brownie. You know what I've been doing? What? Playing games with my flavors. What? Mixing a lemon with a brownie, mixing a salted caramel, like just making new tastes for my buds. Oh, little mashups? Yeah. Mouth mashups? Remix. Yeah, Extraordinary Mouth Babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> La Vida Verde, Extraordinary Mouth Babies. Nice. TM. Yeah. <laughs> I also love their tinctures. I'm really into their Revive tincture right now, which is made with peppermint and rosemary extract, and it's got a natural chocolate mojito flavor. Oh my God. And I used to make chocolate mojitos okay. as a bartender in Chicago. What? So good. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm, I, I should make you one. Yeah. Or just take this tincture. Yeah. Or I'll, yeah, I'll make it with this tincture instead of with alcohol. Duh. Yeah. Yo. Love it. Uh, their stuff is so amazing. You can check out everything at lavitaverde.com. Follow them on Instagram at lavitaverde420. They're even coming out with a lavitaverde tincture for pets soon. Huge. Yeah. Your animals, I'm not saying that they need it, but they can try it if they want. <laughs> I mean, Archie is really wondering why we're here all the time. And Real I talk. Think, yeah, he would feel, maybe he could ch- take a little chill. It's fun moment. to picture him having this whole s- second lifestyle, like secret life of pets. Uh-huh. Like all pets right now are like, please go out. I have so much to do. Yeah. And so and you just give him a little La Vida Verde and be like, I know we're here. Yeah. It's going to be okay, buddy. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that comes out in July, I think. Yeah, the La Vida Verde tincture for pets is coming out really soon. And in the meantime, yeah, follow them on Instagram again, La Vida Verde 420, lavidaverde.com. La Vida Verde, the best medicine starts with the food you eat. For people like you. And me. And you. You'd... I, you. I almost missed it, but okay. I got it back to you just in time. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. That makes me want to ask you about watching the third Lord of the Rings, Mm. which we watched together. And you had that moment where you were like, what's the journey into the West? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about, yeah. Mm. I mean, we, okay. First off, Samwise. Samwise. I was so wrong. I've prepared a statement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would like to read it aloud. Yeah. Jordan wants to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, what? You can't say Samwise isn't awesome. Dear Weed and Grub family, I came in too hot too fast and so wrong about Samwise Gamgee. I would like to publicly state that I was wrong. He is the shit and everything about who he is, the character he brings, and the acting chops of Sean fucking Aston are unparalleled and incredible. Yeah. I, Mike Glazer, was wrong about Sam. Full stop. I can't carry it for you, Frodo, but I can carry you. He's <laughs> so fucking most beautiful. <laughs> he's just yeah it's incredible that movie is so I, I there's i don't know how late to the game you think i am to finally seeing lord of the rings for the first time these past two weeks but holy fuck they're amazing movies and i can't wait to watch the extended versions of them because i still have so many questions yeah and i know they will be answered in an extra 
seven hours of film. Hours of extra footage yeah. that you still have to watch. So fucking good. So fucking cool. Also, everyone's hair is beautiful. It is a movie about gorgeous hair yes. on one level. <laughs> Holy shit. Those crown lights with these flowing golden wavy locks of hair that the everyone hair when they all had like those tiny intricate beautiful oh, braids and Jesus like Miranda Christ. Otto's hair the warrior maiden from of the Rohim Rohirrim Oh they love to Yeah she looks like a renaissance painting Yes it's incredible Yes Vigo Mortensen is so sexy Yes when he does that slow-mo turn on a horse and his greasy wet dreads Come like on. slap across his face as he Ugh. rides into the war Yeah Oh my god. Liv Tyler is only ever in slow-mo and soft focus. And <laughs> yeah. She sustains it. She sustains it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the one thing that was incredible to talk with you about was like the the, the casting of Frodo is you can go in a million different directions, but what you hit on last night really blew the doors wide open on why Elijah Wood is such an incredible character actor and why him playing Frodo it is a really difficult challenge. Yeah. Because he doesn't really have many lines. Yeah. It's a lot of close-ups of his beautiful face and piercing blue eyes, mm-hmm. but I'm putting so much on them at every fucking moment of that movie. It's wild. Well, it's I, really wild. I think what we discovered or what I was like, you know, my like two edibles deep brain was figuring out was that he is beautiful to look at even when he's in complete distress. And most people, when they're in complete distress, look horrific. <laughs> like, I look heinous when I'm really upset. You don't want to look at my face. But when he's upset, he just, yeah, he looks like a Botticelli angel. Yes. With these eyes brimming with tears and this sort of, like, perfect, tiny face that you project anything you want to onto it. It's, yeah. 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 When I've cried, mm-hmm. everyone's like, ooh, please get away. Oh, God. Oh, what yeah. is wrong with Go your Go do that in another room. Whole head. <laughs> Please move your head anywhere besides my eyeline. Oh, my God. So gross. The flow state in that movie, though, in that moment when Gandalf was with Pippin and the, you know, gates being battered down. And he's like, I guess, you know, I never thought I would it would end like this. And Gandalf says, at the end, this isn't the end. This is just the next. And then he talks about what death will look like. And then Pippin sees that that's what, you know, the next stage of the adventure is like totally brought fucking tears to my eyes because yeah like we don't fucking know but we do know that maybe it doesn't end when we die i'm getting emotional right now oh that's <laughs> it's good just, it's like yeah it's such a beautiful simple huge idea yeah i think i would love to show that to someone at different stages of their life because it is such a beautiful whole crystal clear metaphor mm-hmm. that no matter what your age and experience is you're either going to just love a movie that's fantastical and full of battles or you're going to tap into like what it feels like to to go to college or you're (laughs) going to, you know what I mean? Like it's so big in Mm -hmm. its idea that any human experience can be projected onto that movie and what it will mean to you at that time in your life. And I'm just fucking blown away. I can't believe Lord of the Rings exists. Yeah, I, I would love for, to give you the books someday. Maybe I'll find a, a cool box set at a used bookstore or something and give them to you for a special occasion because those are just so cool to trace through all of the things that didn't make it into the movies, like the feasts and the songs and the legends and the, you know, I mean, the movies did the most amazing job of bringing it all to life, but there's so much more. Gollum's still my favorite. Yeah. I love that dude. You do. I love that dude. You feel for him. I feel like of everyone, he had the hardest time. Mm. And he his destiny 
was like so in his hands and out of his hands and he fought the entire world to become something that the entire world would not let him be and in the end it ended up killing him i think he is the most fascinating most important character in that whole thing because i feel like vigo he's he's a king his destiny is written in stone and there is no he's always gonna be fine he's always gonna be fine old boy is good yeah you're good oh did you get a bigger sword that was the (laughs) that was your turning point cool dude the most beautiful woman in the world said she was gonna stop being immortal so she could be your bride cool cool (laughs) yeah like for real that's how it feels yeah meanwhile Gollum is like wrestling with the demons that none of these other people are wrestling with i just i feel for that dude so bad yeah, when you see his transformation at the beginning of the third movie from like the, you know, the sort of like little hobbit-like creature that he was into Gollum. Yeah. It's just fucking heartbreaking. Right? Yeah. <sighs> fucking yo. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. It's been yay. a great, great time watching these with you. I really appreciate it. Getting stoned and watching Lord of the Rings with you has been honestly like my favorite time during this whole pandemic. Real talk, likewise. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like revisiting something that I've, you know love for such a long time through the eyes of someone who had no idea what was going to happen when we started watching the third movie and you're like I'm so excited to see how this ends and I was like oh my god you have no idea I don't I mean I asked you where the dragon was yeah you're like isn't what was his name oh Benedict, Benedict. Cumberbatch I was like where's Benedict As I thought smog. he was in it yeah. yeah and you're like oh man you don't know shit yeah so yeah so great anyway if anyone else has movie recommendations out there mm-hmm. please get at me I haven't seen much and uh, the one, the things I, I, I'm an obsessive person. So I watch one thing over and over and over, and then mm-hmm. I move on. I listen to one song over and over and over, and then I move on. I eat one thing over and over and over, and then I move on. So I'm, my world is small, but I have big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we just talk for a second about the show that you showed me after we watched Lord of the Rings and we were still kind of baked and like not ready to turn the TV off? You showed me that, um, Nathan. What's it called? Nathan For You with Nathan Fielder on Comedy Central. Nathan For You. He's so good. It's such a good show. I had an anxiety <laughs> attack. I realized, like, I can't watch prank shows. No matter how good they are, he's incredible. He's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. John Benjamin, like, amazing, amazing pr- pranks, like, executed at the highest level. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't watch this. It makes me so anxious. I'm really worried that something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to be upset. I don't like this. <laughs> These are the most basic pranks, the most, like, humane, smallest pranks. And you were like, what if they don't like each other by the end of this? It was like, very upsetting. <laughs> I was can't so handle a prank. upset. I can't <laughs> handle a prank. It's so true. It just like oh, man, when um, Sasha Baron Cohen was doing like you know all the Borat movies and the Ali G stuff and yeah. everything, I couldn't ever identify why I was so upset by it because I find it brilliant. He's it's brilliant and funny, but just like I get a tightness in my chest <laughs> where I'm like, oh no, I feel like. Um, Kristen Wiig's character on Saturday Night Live, though, when she can't stand the surprise and she's like, oh, no, no I can't. Like, and she can't keep it in. Like, yeah. I feel like that level of anxiety about like, no, 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 not a prank. Someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to be mad. Something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to shout. Someone's going to the worst. You know that worst, that terrible thing? Oh, Someone God. might shout. I hate when people shout at each other. It's just, <laughs> I don't like it. It's really funny to picture you being cast on punk and you're playing a valet. I would just cry the whole time. <laughs> I would just cry the whole time. I cannot. I can't do it. I can't. Justin Timberlake, I, uh, let me go get the keys to your car. <laughs> I would just, I, I would cry. I would cry. I can't do it. 
It's so funny. No, not a, if everyone's in on it and we're all acting and you know. Together. We've watched Midsummer. We've watched Hereditary. Yeah, we've watched. Those are movies <laughs> with paid actors. When it's like prank shit with people who don't know what's happening, I am so anxious for them. I'm upset on their behalf. Uh-huh. It is not fair. There's what's that new movie I, that I really want to see? It looks fucking awesome. Eric Andre's new movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it looks amazing and hilarious, and I'm like I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it because there are real people in there who don't know what's happening and I'm upset for them. I'm upset. You're beat red right now because you're thinking about pranks. Okay. All right. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. I love that. Like you're in a constant flow state, no plan. Everything's all good, but no pranks. but no pranks, nothing unexpected where I'm in on it. <laughs> I can't. Oh man. It was, yeah. I mean, the what's edibles, her weakness? The edibles like slowed me down enough. So I wasn't having a full on panic attack, but wow. It was, yeah, yeah I was stressed out. Word. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> I also don't like surprises. So. Oh really? Just in general. Oh, okay. Like don't sneak up behind me and yell things. Oh, that's so reasonable. Yeah, right? That's so too, Just, super reasonable. You know, in these times. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> now more than ever. Uh-huh. Don't surprise me with anything. Here and now. Yeah. Can we do some news? Yeah. We have good news this week. Yes, we do. Yeah. So You've got the news story. I do. I'll pull it up if you want to introduce. Yeah. Our Grublet Gazette news story this week is being reported by Marijuana Moment. It is Kansas City Mayor Files Measure to Remove All Local penalty Penalties for Marijuana Possession. So what does that mean? Here's what that means. The mayor of Kansas City introduced an ordinance that would end all penalties for marijuana possession under the local laws. Whoa. Fucking huge. So as of right now, if you were found with 35 grams or less for marijuana, it's a $25 fine. Mm -hmm. If you were found with 35 grams or less, it's a $500 or more, it's a $500 fine. Right. But what he's saying, his name is Quentin Lucas, Mayor Q on Twitter. Um, nice blue check mark. He said, one of the ways we improve uh, police community relations is by eliminating laws that for far too long have had a negative interaction, arrest, conviction, and disproportionate rate of incarceration for black men and black women. Reducing petty offenses, such as municipal marijuana offenses, reduces these negative interactions each day. Yeah. Speaking truth, putting it into action to stop these, you know... Stop it. Arrests for no reason. Yeah. Oh, you look like you might have weed on you. Let's see if you do and then fuck with you for it. Yep. Stop it. Wow. It's so this huge. Is it's a huge City. deal. And then the ordinance has been introduced. Has it been passed? Do we no, know? they introduced it. And um, we actually should hear any day now. They said by Wednesday when we're dropping this, Whoa. it might be passed into law. Um, we're just trying to get in on it early and hope that it is something. That, but he's the fucking mayor. Yeah. Come on, put some gold scissors to that ribbon. Hell yeah. Right? I get confused about Kansas City being, you know, not from that part of the world. Kansas City is confusing because it's in Missouri. Yes. Is there a Kansas City not in Missouri? Kansas. There's two Kansas cities. Okay. Also in Missouri is Southern Illinois. Yes. Which is actually in Illinois, but Illinois doesn't claim it, but it's in Illinois, because you go over the bridge. Yep. Missouri is a mess. Yeah, what's going on? There's a in It's your a gateway state. to the Midwest, and the Midwest is a mess. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Kansas yeah. City Mayor uh, Mayor Q will be following that, and we'll, yeah. Absolutely. And a little asterisk to it is he's also doing it for um, all, uh, where's the word? What's the word for it? Um, it's, it's, not just, it's not just weed. He's doing it for other things as well. Decriminalization for all... Um, Substances? Substances. Thank you. Okay. 
Yeah. So it's like it's like yes, weed is a huge part of this conversation, but he also wants to acknowledge that it's going to be for like a bunch of different drugs. Yeah. Like, you know, marijuana and minor drug offenses. Exactly. That's fucking awesome. So huge, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. It's that. Well, I just found that the tweet that says, "Yeah, we should remove any marijuana or minor drug offenses from our code," um, and should end failure to pay arrest warrants as well, which is huge. Just keep people out of prison. Truly. Yeah. And quit trying to put everybody into debt so that they like are just a part of an inescapable machine that destroys human life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that's some golem shit right there. Fuck yes it is. You want to talk about the metaphor that like feels so of the moment in watching these Lord of the Rings movies? Like maybe that's why I feel so golem heavy mm-hmm. is because I just feel like we are like a golem country right now where it just turns you through this fucking machine that there's no escape even though you're scratching and crawling to change your life. Yeah. Wow, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. And why that book and those movies are so timeless is because you can actually see, you know, what's happening in society through that legendary timeless story. But it's so fucking true. Like like getting caught up in a system that is fucking against you and will fuck you until you die. Yep, exactly. And you tried. And the one thing that you thought was the right answer and the thing that would get you out of it is the thing that destroys you. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. (sighs) Wow. Flow state. Low state. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What else do we have? Oh, uh, we have some other great news. Yeah. Uh, so on Monday we were talking about how um, baking with chickens was part of baking against racism, which is an enormous bake sale. Yes. And we got some delicious cookies. Oh my gosh, Christina delivered strawberry almond and lemon crinkle cookies. Lemon crinkle is such a good name for a cookie. A crinkle. And it was like a cloud of lemon deliciousness with a sort of like a puff of some like icing or how do you make a gooey soft light cookie like she made what's the trick it's alchemy of some kind (laughs) also her chickens are magic (laughs) for real she does have magical chickens follow at baking with chickens christina on instagram listen to our episode with her too where we get a tour of uh her chicken coop and everything and um she baked these cookies for Bakers Against Racism, and um, she let us know that the collective amount that was raised by the Bakers Against Racism initiative, which was a five-day worldwide bake sale, was $1.6 million. Fuck, man. Yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. So Bakers Against Racism, you can just check out their website at bakersagainstracism.com, and it has all the information about that amazing initiative, and hopefully they do it again. Um, How could they not? Yeah. And that was fucking crazy. And we got to eat some of the cookies and they were delicious. They were magical. Absolutely. So thank you for hooking us up and being our cookie plug. And also, um, I can't imagine anything that feels better than raising that much money for something I believe deeply in. Yeah. 1.6 million. Yeah. Fuck yes. So good. And you got another gift. Like this is a week of gifts for Mary Jane. I got a Nug Club subscription box for Pride Month and... It's the coolest. I put it on our IG story. It's a subscription, a monthly subscription box that you can get here in LA. I'm not sure where else they're available right now, but you can check them out at Nug Club Official on Instagram. Nug? Are you saying Nug? Nug, N-U-G-G. Okay. Nug oh, of course. Club Duh. Official on Instagram. And their pride box has, I mean, it depends on what you like in your subscription box. So I said I wanted sativa, so I got uh, edibles. I got some lamb's bread. Uh, from Bud Bud, which is 
fucking frosty and so loud mm-hmm. and um some little cool little selfies which are tiny little pre-rolls like um, dog walking size yep perfect yeah the whole the box is amazing it's like beautifully packaged the top of it is a rolling tray it's all in bright rainbow colors for pride it was just the coolest so thanks at nug club and um check them out fucking sick yeah nice We've got a couple other things we can talk about, or yeah. we can hold on and we can save some things for next week's episode. No, let's talk about them. You want to go? Yeah. Okay. Because I wanted to talk a little bit. I'm watching a masterclass right now. Which on one? Economics. Oh. And I don't know anything about the economy, but it seems to be the most important thing that I know nothing about. It seems sure. to be like, it seems to be, again, I still don't know anything, which is why I want to learn about it, but it just seems to be like how humanity is commodified mm-hmm. and i feel like that's so important to know more about just on a base level to see like how we are being groomed and how we are shifting and like what it looks like to monetize humanity mm-hmm. so it's i was the doing inescapable thing it's death and taxes right death and fucking taxes yeah, yeah like exactly. death and, and then the economy so i'm watching a master class on the economy right now it's all very basic info and i just started thinking about why we're not getting any help with COVID-19. But I'm trying to think in more like long-term ideas for America. And I keep coming back to the idea of more robots entering the workforce Mm. and using something like the coronavirus to force us into more robotic reliances Mm. and that letting the people at the top who are getting massive bailouts implement more robots keep more money for themselves and keep us at the bottom and that's why they're not helping us is also because long-term robotics and technology is going to be the new export from america and the more reliant and scared we are of everything the more we have to use them and then we've created our own technological prison and that's where i think we're headed it's fascinating to think about it's terrifying i think that uh, a theory like that could support uh, a lot of ideologies. I get a weird feeling in my stomach when you talk about it. So maybe so there's something I believe there. it on some level. Yeah. I'm just trying For to sure. think so outside the box because I feel like every time I think I know what's happening, I'm wrong. Right. But every time I think about something insane, I'm closer to being right. You, so I'm just trying to like not think like I normally think and just say banana shit because uh-huh. it feels like that is the most likely outcome at this point. Right. Well, what do you like? Do you have anyone that you like reading who is like an essayist or a columnist who like is writing about this stuff right now? No, I just look at the world and try and think about it. Mm -hmm. Like I try and think about how out of nowhere and we just accepted the idea of self-checkout at the grocery store. And it's like, well, that could be a job that could keep, keep somebody employed to get health benefits, to take care of their kid, to afford babysitting. Like that could be someone's job. But instead, without question, you just have someone training us how to check ourselves out and like eradicate jobs all across the country. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's such a small thing, but it's such a big thing. And then you see the Boston uh, Boston Robotics Company with those robots that they're hitting with the bats while they're carrying packages. Yeah. And it's like, yo, if that was happening before coronavirus and they are testing these robots to deliver packages to your door and now we're seeing Postmates being controlled by somebody to deliver food to your door. Yeah, they're in my neighborhood. It's like there's no reason to fix the coronavirus if it means that people who have stock in robotics and know that Amazon is what it is at this point. Thriving. Thriving. Mm -hmm. Well, then why would you fix something like this instead of lean even harder in to the areas that your money is wrapped up in? 
<sighs> I don't know. It's all very upsetting. I think for me, <clears throat> my understanding of why COVID isn't being addressed in this country is because it's just, you know, broken administration and a broken government and not some like plot to actually make us all into being reliant reliant on AI as consumers. But that, sh- of course, could be a huge piece of it. Yeah. I mean, Bezos and Musk are like having a great time right now. Killing it. Yeah. Thriving. So yeah. fucking interesting. I mean, I It's really not important to me if I'm right or wrong. And I get very nervous about making proclamations that I'm like, this is exactly what I think and why, because Mm. then I'm bordering on like QAnon, ever wavering, like scary, scary ideology that I don't want to dip my toe in. But I love these thought experiments as a whole to try and do something good. And QAnon is something that's fascinating that I've just recently learned about because I started listening to Rabbit Hole, which is that podcast by the New York Times that's sort of investigating like the internet in our lives and how it's changed society. And then I read a huge piece about QAnon um, in the Atlantic. And it was just, I mean, so like my eyes are wide open to it now because QAnon is this fringe thing that has become this global, it's not just a U.S. movement, it's a global community of people who believe that this like person who is a high up anonymous source in the Trump administration is giving real information from the inside and that there are online communities devoted to the truth and all that sort of stuff. And now politicians are running at state and local levels on the platform that they support Q. Right ostensibly a fringe fucking wacko conspiracy thing and they're getting into office yeah so it's so important to pay attention right now 100 yeah. percent, exactly and have these thought experiments and you know these these ideas like no not everything is fine clearly nothing is fine right so what's helpful for me is smoking a joint <laughs> <laughs> or eating an edible uh-huh. and watching lord of the rings fuck yes or anything else or putting down my screen and picking up a book or going outside and sitting with my dog and listening to the wind in the trees or calling a friend or any of these things Mm-hmm. Anything but refreshing. Yeah. Which also just the idea of my own fucking yeah. Can we just talk about that word for a second? Because sure. I'm a little high and I've never thought about the fact that they call re-engaging in your social media every two seconds as mm-hmm. refreshing mm-hmm. your fucking feed like it's a goddamn ice cold beverage on a hot day, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm. It's more of like. <laughs> It's re- it's, it's like retoxing. Malort. Yeah. yeah. It's a shot of Malort that you're like, oh, I got to quit drinking this. Oh, I got to quit drinking this. What is uh, Malort? Oh, it's like wormwood acid. It's a Chicago thing that you take at the end of the night, almost like Jaeger. Oh. And it's just black licorice acid that fucks you up but makes you so fun. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's bad poison. That's a good time. Wow. Yeah. Malort. Malort. So yeah. Okay. Not refreshing. And neither is your Twitter feed. Right. Wow. Okay. Mm. Interesting. I, I want to go more down this rabbit hole with you. Yeah. As we go. Shout I out can't... rabbit hole. As a fucking. Okay. If word. you haven't listened to it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It might not be for everyone. It's a New York Times podcast, and it's got that very specific tone, um, which you know is like just investigative and informative journalism. It's not chatty. It's not conversational. It's very you know, but it's so fucking good. It's and it's and it's um, so well reported. Like cool. they have the means. They have, you know, teams of investigators working on these for months at a time. It's not just opinions. It's, you know, they've they've done their fucking homework. Yeah. Shit's fact checked so they yep. can't get sued. Right. <laughs> Which is so important. Yes. For real, for real. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I trust things that are scared to get sued. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So word. I, I, I'll i keep bringing up these weird ideas I have if you'll keep listening to them and shoot down the ones that you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. And the ones that are like, that's crazy. But also, mm, I appreciate you giving me your ear on it. Let's go down that wormhole together sometimes. Okay. I mean, I have weird ideas that I want to, you know, have thought experiments with you about. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm in. Okay. Um, Timeshares. No. Okay, anyway. great. <laughs> <laughs> so the key and the beauty of them is you can go almost any time wow and you pay for it regardless of if you go or not right whether or not you use it we get your money (laughs) (laughs) no thanks okay (laughs) you want to get to buds of a week in our guest yes i absolutely do my butt of the week you want to go first yeah i would love to go first my butt of the week this week is actually shay my friend shay i was on shay's podcast hold on i'm pulling up shay's instagram the podcast is called Level Up with Shay, mm-hmm. and I was on there actually talking about business, which is weird for me because I like to not think about business publicly, mm-hmm. even though I'm thinking about it all the time privately, mm-hmm. but having an invitation from somebody to talk about business and marketing and things that I feel like I actually know quite a bit about, but I don't really feel comfortable talking about because it's weird as an artist. Um Shay got it out of me. And so nice. I was really proud of talking with Shay. And it's Shay D Beats, S H A Y D B E A T S, Shay D Beats on Instagram. And check out Shay's podcast, Level Up. I'm not the only person on there. There's much better people on it than me. And also, if you do check out an app, give a five star click. Yeah. It takes no time and goes such a long way for everyone who is trying to make their dreams come true. Sweet. Yeah. I got to check that one out. Who's your butt of the week? My butt of the week is Andrea Guzetta. Great bud. Andrea is, uh, I don't even know how to start with Andrea. We met Andrea in Alaska at the um, Before You Die Comedy Fest where she killed on stage, has a horse joke that we still talk about, mm-hmm. um, and is she's an incredible visual artist and she actually is not doing comedy right now because she's full on with her career as an artist and as a podcaster. Her podcast, uh, what the cult Oprah. Pod- yeah, it was mentioned on Oprah. It's one of the top cult podcasts. And um, maybe we'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. And Andrea gave, uh, there was a giveaway on her Instagram, which is Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, Guzetta, G-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Uh, and she showcases her unbelievable art. I want to afford all of it someday. And she did a giveaway. And I got this magical bunny print with a rainbow just makes my day better when I look at it. I can't believe it's not a computer rendering of a piece of art. She works in stained glass, large scale, as a day job. So she does the most like mind-blowing, large-scale stuff. And then when she makes her own works, she makes smaller works, I think, for the most part. And they're the most intricate, beautiful, crazy pieces that are, yeah, I love them so much. I can't fucking believe it. And she's also so funny and so cool and has an amazing podcast. Yeah. So Andrea Gazetta. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> these We coming in hot today. Yes. Fuck yeah, these buds. Well, let's get to our guest, another bud. Our, our VIB. Guest, our VIB, Mary Carrion. She's an award-winning journalist. She's from Southern California. She's currently the associate editor at Mary Jane, which is Snoop Dogg's media company. Mm-hmm. She's a former soccer player. She's... On a, that psychedelic beat, too. Yep. And just like a great fucking hang, really cool person. And yeah, we kicked it with Mary to just hear about her career and life and thoughts on all things that's what's up so without further ado here's our interview with mary carry on
What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's so fun. We're having a great time. I'm so happy to finally speak with you, Mary. Oh, usually we ask you to introduce yourself and say your name and what you do, but I jumped the gun because I'm excited. That's okay. Well, my name is Mary Carrion, and I'm very happy to be here. Finally. Finally. Yay. Yeah, this Welcome. is so great. Thank you. And you're a writer? Yes, I am a journalist. I've been covering the cannabis space for about five years now, and I have evolved into an editor. And I've worked at High Times, I've been the editor at High Times, and now I'm currently editing Mary Jane. I'm the associate editor there, which, which is, if you guys don't know, that's Snoop Dogg's media company, which, yeah, it's been great. It's been an adventure. I've learned a lot through my experience there, and it's been good. I, uh, when we met, um like a couple years ago now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we had lunch together and hung out and I just like loved everything about you so much and I'm so glad to like hang out with you now. I don't know you that well, but I feel like um, I were friends. So I would love to like ask you about your personal life a little bit if that's okay. Please, please, yes, absolutely. Okay, so you're an athlete. Yes, yes, I played soccer for 20 years. Well, 18 years. Holy fuck. I know. Yeah. Oh my! Actually, to be completely honest, that's really where my rage comes out. I, I can't even play anymore. I joined a league. Oh my god! I joined a league at uh, at the at fall last year in 2019, mm-hmm. like in September. And mm-hmm. um, I was scared, kind of, because of just how I play soccer. I'm very aggressive and very crazy on the field. It's like this side of me comes out. It's like my Jekyll and Hyde. That's where that comes out. And um, yeah, everything was great. Everything was going well. And then my very last game, I got a concussion because I went way oh. too hard. Way <laughs> too hard. And it was a co-ed. It was a co-ed league. Yeah, I definitely fucked up. I, I fucked myself up. But I got like, I don't know. I was just going for the ball. This guy turned around and like had his arm out and just whacked me in, uh, like in the face, like right on my like Fuck. eye. Yeah, I got like, well, I got like Was it like, a, like going for a head ball at midfield together? I don't even know what we were doing. So the ball, oh, the ball bounced like in between me and another person, and then we both started sprinting for it, like head on, and like who's gonna get there first? And I was there yeah. first. I like put my foot out, and then the guy like kind of moved his body in front of me, and as he was spinning, he like with his closed fist just clocked me in the face, and I went down immediately. Also, that was the that was the game that my dad my dad showed up to the game. And that was the only game he saw. And he was like, I heard him on the sideline, like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I played soccer for a really long time, very competitive soccer. So I was trained to be extremely aggressive and like, don't back down and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and yeah. yeah, just, I like, um, so I went down. I had no idea what was going on. I immediately got back up and was like still trying to play because that's like my muscle memory from being a young athlete, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, holy, I I don't know. Maybe I should just not play soccer anymore. I just Did you smoke weed when were you, you were playing at a competitive level? Yes, actually at my most competitive level, which I played in college. At my most mm-hmm. competitive level, I definitely was smoking weed. Like not just you know, playing soccer and then smoking weed, like I would take hits of a joint or like bong rips before going to practice. And then I would go and then I would play. And actually it, 
helped me so much deal with pre-game jitters and like the whole psychology of soccer, which is such a psychological sport. It helped me kind of not like overthink myself where I am in relation to other players on the field. And it really just allowed me to get into flow, which is interesting because uh, so when I was playing in college, uh, my second year playing, which was my second year of playing soccer and smoking weed, like simultaneously at the same time, <laughs> using it as my like enhancement, you know, my like enhancement drug. Um, it, I became team captain, which was hilarious. And That's obviously awesome. I didn't tell anyone I was smoking weed, but I was for show smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to talk a little more about this because I yeah, played hockey please. my whole life. And um, are you, were you midfield wing? Yes. What did you, midfield? Yes, I played yeah. outside mid. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I played outside mid. I also played uh, stopper, which is kind of like defensive midfield, which is in the center, which is also a lot of running. Center mid is the most running. So anywhere in the center of the field, you know, it's lots but of But you're also controlling the flow of the game. So it's cool to hear you talk about smoking weed and getting out of your own way a bit to get in that flow state because like you, like the way you approach like your energy is shooting out all over that fucking field at all times. So no wonder you became a captain and were able to lead from yeah. from there too. It's really interesting to talk with you about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helped me also pump other people up. I feel like I was able to connect with people that I normally wouldn't in like a social setting really be able to maybe connect with. But we were able to, I don't know, I was able to kind of get on everybody's level and really like, get them going and pump them up and I don't know. Yeah. I guess really share the energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that why you decided to go into uh, journalism also is because you were able to have a powerful, clear voice that maybe would lead other people in a direction you wanted them to go. That's definitely what I want to be doing. And that's definitely what I have come to a real realization of what I want to, to be doing. Actually, that's been like the main realization that I've been having during quarantine is just like, that is what I want to do. And like honing in on that going forward in my life is, that's the game plan, pretty much. Um, but yeah, journalism just kind of fell, I just kind of walked into that. You know, it was like, <laughs> I wasn't the child or the gr person growing up who thought that I was gonna be a writer or that I even really enjoyed writing too much. Um, it wasn't, I didn't really come into that understanding until I was older. It was actually my first internship at OC Weekly, and uh, I kind of learned how to use journalism as a way to go to concerts for free and cover events and like talk to rock stars and you know do stuff like that. Where I was like, oh, okay, this is this is what I need to be doing. Hello, hello, <laughs> and like I mean, it's still that still is yeah that's still part of the reason why I'm in it today. I mean, I've smoked more weed today in my life because of my job than, than I ever probably would have otherwise. And uh, I'm, I feel so grateful. You know, we have such great people around us and our community shares so much cannabis and so much, so much wonderful product. You know, it's just like, we're lucky. We're so lucky. We're so lucky. All of us. Yeah. All three of us are so lucky. It's, yeah. 
amazing. I mean, moving here from New York and and just, you know, at the time that California was going uh, wreck, like, of course, there are so many issues with it, it, you know, in so many ways that we, you know, write about. But the bounty and the amount of sharing is like, it's truly wonderful. It really is. It really is. And um, also just, again, another benefit of jumping in, like journalism is a very stressful field. But writing about cannabis and being exposed to so much cannabis, it kind of creates a, a balance in a way because it's like stress management, you know, smoke weed for stress management. You got crazy deadlines, you're pulling your hair out, but it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. You can take it, you can take it, take a chill pill. No, but like, yeah, you know, kind of just smoke it out and it's fine. Is OC Weekly Orange County? Yes. Are you from California? Yes. Yes, I'm really? from Orange County. I'm from San You're from Orange County. Yeah, I'm from San Clemente. No Which shit. Is so beautiful. It is. It's very it's very beautiful. It's very conservative. There's a weird type of hippie that lives there and they're like the conservative hippie, which is kind of an oxymoron, but that's the essence of Orange County. <laughs> so, well, like I don't know anything about it besides I think it was a Real Housewives show for a while. Um, but I don't know anything about like the weed game there or like the people or much about it except for the reasons that it's in the news right now, which, you know, we don't need to necessarily get into. Yeah. Uh, weed was always around kind of, uh, yeah. by the time I was 13, weed was already a thing in my life. I wasn't, I wasn't consuming it in any way. I didn't get high until I was maybe 16 or so, but all of my friends were stoners. I was friends with the stoners and I was the non-stoner of my stoner friends. In fact, I, so I went to, I went to Catholic high school and they had mandatory drug testing as a part of the curriculum just in school. And because I hung out with the stoners, I always got drug tested always, but I always came up clean. I was never, I wasn't smoking then. And I was an athlete in in high school too. And yeah, I don't know, because of who I hung out with, I always got drug tested. I was like, I feel profiled, this is crazy. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, it was very interesting. People were trying to buy my, this is so inappropriate, but people were trying to buy my pee because I had clean pee, but you know, that, that wouldn't work because I'm a girl and it doesn't work for guys to use well, oh, a really? Yeah, I guess, I guess. We have estrogen. Yeah. So I think there was like some show where there, they, the sample came back and they were like, well, congratulations, you're pregnant. Oh, <laughs> what was that? That's funny. Yeah. That's a good bit. That's Wait, hilarious. Do you, have a, do you know what the price would be for your pee? <laughs> well, now my pee's dirty. <laughs> oh, no. <Okay>. no <laughs> so it's right. free? Your pee is you free. Know, yeah. <laughs> I guess it just depends on the drug test you'd have to take, but... Cool. Okay. Right. Word. All right. We'll put it. We'll put a link to your pee in the show notes or something. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Cool. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, story that you've worked on at any of the places that you've been Man. over the time? I mean, you've worked in so many places too. You have such an extensive resume. Yeah. Um, probably my most favorite story was writing about the Weed for Warriors group, and uh, that was. The reason why specifically, though, was because that was my first introduction to actually veterans using psilocybin mushrooms to really deal with their PTSD. And that was the first real insight that I had to 
how like, you know, cannabis works obviously so much for PTSD, but for deep, deep healing and deep, deep change, you know, mushrooms can really open up that, really open up that gate. So that to me, once the, like that story kind of changed my life and in a lot, yeah, it changed my life in a lot of ways. And I hope that it also changed their lives too, for the better, just getting their message out there. But you know, yeah, that was probably my favorite story. What's your first time taking mushrooms? My first time taking mushrooms. Well, the first time I took mushrooms, I didn't really trip. I was too scared to like really take any. So I like pretended to take some and nothing really happened. And I watched my friends play Mario Kart and I didn't even play. I was just like, oh, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Rainbow totally. Road is such a rainbow like, road. Wow. <laughs> um, the first time Why I- is Toad called Toad instead of Mushroom? <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Uh, the first time I really tripped, I was at Coachella during i think it was during coachella and it was i think during the cure on day three in 2009 mm-hmm. and <laughs> i was staring up at the sky and there were just like lights from the concert like in the sky and i was just amazed it was like looking at you now mary jane you know with this beautiful background you have i was like staring into the sky in the desert while listening to the cure on the ground like vibrating with the music i don't know it changed it that also changed my life (laughs) yep why how um because it it turned me on to my very deep love for the desert. I love the desert so much and I definitely vibe with the desert. I think there are people who are kind of forest people, you know, and then there are desert people and I'm definitely like a a desert lizard kind of person. I also love the forest. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, mushrooms grow in the forest. Nothing grows in the desert, but (laughs) (laughs) you go there to die. Just kidding. (laughs) But (laughs) finally some peace. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, that was the real first time that I listened to music while on mushrooms, which is just a transformative experience in itself. And at a music festival, it, uh, I was laying down in the grass kind of away from everybody, but still very much present in what was going on. So, yeah, it was just, you know, the first time tripping. It was a trip, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I just one of the most recent awesome times I had on mushrooms was with Mike at um, Life is Beautiful in Las Vegas and oh. we were watching Arcade Fire and they played one song and then they went on to the next song and I was like who's this band and Mike was like it's the same band and I was like they're so amazing and it was just like reveling in like each so- each song is its own specific thing it was just it was so great that's awesome yeah. that's amazing um, that was fun. Last or a couple years ago for my birthday, I went and saw LCD sound system at the Palladium on mushrooms. Oh, fuck and yes. I was crying my eyes out just in magical happiness the entire time, the entire time. I couldn't even take it. There were moments where like one of my favorite songs would come on and I was just grabbing my head like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I would look around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm probably like such a weirdo mess psycho person and i look around and i'm not sure i 
I don't know if anybody else was on drugs at the time because I was, you know, on mushrooms. I was like, oh, everybody else is too. But looking back, (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) But other people were definitely crying and like hugging each other. And I don't know. I definitely started hugging strangers. It was that kind of experience. It was awesome. (laughs) Definitely recommend it. So good. In in some hopefully not too distant future when live events are happening again, we should all socially distantly take mushrooms and go see some music together. Yes. Yeah. I would love yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're writing for Double Blind as well. Yes. Yeah. That's also really wonderful. They do such a good job at telling stories about the culture of psychedelics and the science of psychedelics and using it, using psychedelic medicine as a lens to look at other parts of society, which I don't know, that's a, that's a gift. That's a very good tool to apply other places, you know, so. It feels vital right now, especially. Yeah, I mean, mental health, fuck. It's never been so front and center in our lives ever, probably. Um, I wanna know about your quarantine eating habits because it's truly all I think about is, you know, I get up and I wonder what's for breakfast and then I think about lunch and then I think about dinner and then I think about snacks. So how are you doing? (laughs) Gosh, I mean, so I ordered, the best thing I did in quarantine for myself was order and sign up for a farmer's market box so i get every other week i get a massive box of produce from organic farms which has been phenomenal it's been amazing i've it has forced me to pretty much just eat a lot of vegetables which has been really great um but you know i still end up going to the grocery store and spending a hundred dollars on snacks because like that's also kind of what life is life's also about snacks you know what are the snacks? I've been, well, let's see. There are these little licorices that I really like. They're, oh, no. They're so good. They're, uh, <laughs> are you anti-licorice, Mike? Is it, well, is it red licorice? Hold on. Okay. I have, oh, wait. The, I have, I have it here. Okay. okay. Of course you do. Have you guys At seen At your me? writing table? A licorice show and tell. Yes. What is also, it? Also, it's an empty bag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, RJ's, RJ's licorice, soft. It's like a soft licorice, and it's raspberry. Mm. Oh, that it's, looks phenomenal. I recommend them. I recommend okay. them. They're you know, like the healthy version of like red vine nibs or something. The perfect stoner snack. They're definitely a stoner. I'm all about the stoner snacks. All about stoner snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I try to do the healthy version of you know like Doritos and stuff. Just you know, so I'm not not funding, not putting my money towards Monsanto because Monsanto owns Lido, Frito-Lay and I just, you know, can't be a part of that. Can I? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Um, yeah. How do, you, how do you keep track of all of that? I mean, like... You, you know. grow your own chips. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's very it difficult. Is. You know, what's interesting though is to avoid Monsanto is basically just to avoid very unhealthy foods, which is convenient because if you don't want to eat unhealthy then you're almost not eating monsanto for instance like campbell's chicken noodle soup you know like you don't have like i don't know that's they're owned by monsanto also yeah like pepsi uh and the coca-cola and a lot of most sodas are owned by monsanto but you know you have other chicken noodle soups that you can eat that are better mm-hmm. and not funding Monsanto. You can also have other sodas that aren't owned by Monsanto. So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, and I, yeah, I just try to avoid 
those types of like slim gyms. I try to avoid slim gyms. There's also other options for if I wanted a slim gym, you know, there's a different version of slim gym somewhere else. And yeah, I just do that. And then I try to just stay aware of who owns what and what companies are going where. And it's complicated. It takes studying really research and studying and understanding that the systems that are currently in place are always very sketchy and just kind of doing some research and looking into it. It takes some time, but it's worth it. I think right now I'm really learning that supporting, you know, local businesses also, you know, in addition to like, you know, supporting your community often means that you're just not supporting those big brands that can be problematic and giving big campaign donations to candidates that you might not be on board with. So absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Buying local and supporting local brands will pretty much always not support big, huge monsters like Monsanto or, I don't know, Nestle yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Those motherfuckers. I know. Is this, I have two questions. Um, the first one is, is this licorice part of your writing habit? Because I feel like as an athlete, you probably had routines that got you ready for the game maybe you put one shoe on and tied it and then the other shoe on and tied it maybe you tapped your shin guards in a certain way to check in with yourself um how did those transfer over into your writing career is my first question oh man that's a great question um i what do i i don't even know i don't even know what i do before i write well actually i do know what i do i (laughs) i have I, ha- I like pull everything that I would ever possibly need or want around me before I write so that I don't have to get up and distract myself. Mm-hmm. So I end up, ha- I'm like a hoarder <laughs> around my computer and I have like <laughs> chips and salsa and my licorice and I'll have like w- water and I'll have, you know, a book or weed and a hamburger and I don't know, whatever, <laughs> like whatever else, you know, my dog's leash. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I have, I keep sage around and Palo Santo around and I keep crystals around and I try to, I try to kind of keep things vibey. I light a candle. I try to keep the energy light because sometimes writing is the opposite of light. It's like a mental Rubik's cubing chess match that is sometimes out to destroy you. So <laughs> real talk. Yeah. 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 That sounds awesome. So it's I just move. sounds like a good workspace. <laughs> so I just have like a bunch of food around me basically and things to light on fire. So, Amazing. You know. <laughs> it's like, for me, it's, it's a completely empty space. Like I need Ooh. a clear table. I need a blank wall. I need, I need, I need like, I need a stainless steel cube is like my dream place to work. Oh, yeah, I get that. I get that. It's hard. Writing is very hard. I need ambient sound. Mm. I've discovered like my best work is done when I don't have music, but I don't have silence and it's not necessarily white noise. So Mm. there's this 45 minute long piece called Become Ocean that's played by the Seattle Symphony that just sounds like the, the sort of building of a swell that crashes after 45 oh. minutes and I put that on and I've been getting great work done with that and it's so helpful but that's, that's a recent amazing. discovery very recent like in quarantine oh that's a great quarantine discovery yeah yeah I dig it that's great yeah I also sometimes will listen to like nature sounds nature noises mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that helps like moose 
deer. Moose. Like, moose. <laughs> just an elk call. Yeah. <laughs> like bird calls. So productive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your other question? My other question is, um, um, you... Uh, I've been sitting here wanting to say this to you since we started talking, and it'll lead to the question. But it seems like you are the captain of your own life in a way that is super like positive, and it, it's moving forward with a directive and a goal. Like you're your own captain, and it's cool to fucking talk with you right now. And so, it seems like you've also thought about what your big idea and what your big plan and what your big dreams and goals are too. And that's usually a loaded question because it's like, what do you want to do with your life? Which is gross. But you strike me as the type of person who has set out to like, you know, make an impact and make a change. Thank you. That's very awesome of you. And the captain of my own, no one has ever said that to me before. I feel very honored. So thank you for saying that. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, quarantine has created a lot of space to sit and think about that a lot. Um, and, uh, I had an astro reading on Tuesday and what, yeah, my astro, what is that? An astrology reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had an astrology reading with a really great astrologer on Tuesday and the entire time he was reading my chart, we talked about my future and what I'm going to be doing with pretty much the rest of my life. So it's very interesting that you guys are bringing this up and you guys brought this up. Um, yeah, I mean, God, I, at the very basis, at the very basic thing, what I want to be doing is I want to inspire the masses for change. I want people to be, I want to at least be the catalyst for people to want to change shit. Whether that's on a civic level, whether that's, you know, a socio-political level, whether that's, I don't know, I don't know, helping people heal in ways. I'm not, you know, there's so much, there's multiple ways to do that. And I plan to kind of dive into all of the, like, you know, that that's basically the outcome that I'm going for. I've thought about, you know, maybe possibly going back to school to get like a therapy degree perhaps to fund my writing career because that's journalism today. Um, but to ultimately implement alternative medicines to help people heal or to help people reach their highest self so they can inspire the masses too. Um, I want, yeah, I just want to help people live their best lives, you know, whether that's through writing, whether that's through one-on-one consultation, whether that's through, Hell, I don't know. Eating licorice together. Who even knows? Like, yeah, I just, I want to help people live their best lives, do what they're passionate about, and just live the life that everyone deserves to live, even if up into, uh, even even if things have been very difficult, you know? It's very cool to talk to you during this time. That's like exactly when I would want to get to know somebody is while they're (laughs) like, you know, while they're in like a transitional period while still moving forward and growing. It's fucking yeah. tight. Man. Mapping out your future, man. Yeah. So cool. It's crazy. It's a crazy times. You know, I feel like this is kind of that for a lot of people. A lot of people are figuring out, you know, what the hell they're doing. You know, I feel like this time has also been a reflection for people to kind of step out from what they've been doing, maybe realize they don't like what they're doing and they just can't go back to it, you know? And now we move forward. I don't know. Everything feels like it's going to be different going forward for most people. It's not like we're not going back. We're only going forward. 
Yeah, one of my dearest friends in New York uh, lived through the AIDS crisis when most of his friends died in New York, and I was with him when gay marriage was legalized in New York, and he was so deeply moved by it. And he works in the restaurant industry, my friend Jamie, and I reached out to him, and you know everything's been shut down in New York, and I was like, how are you? And he was like, I feel so good because there's no going back. There's only forward motion oh. right now. And he, I was you know, really expecting him to sort of be like, in a in a you know maybe not a great place and he was like no I feel so good I feel so positive and hopeful and he has seen so much and so to hear that from someone who has truly you know not not seen it change in this way even though he's lived so much I was like that's really heartening to hear from someone that is that's great Ooh, that's yeah. inspiring you know yeah I hope that even through the chaos that it's caused people I just I don't know I hope that I would really hope that people are kind of able to take a step back from the chaotic feelings they're feeling right now and sort of, I don't know, reflect and decide that this is actually very good and our society needs this so badly. Fuck yes. Hey, will you come back on the podcast? Absolutely. Whenever you guys want me to. Tight. Awesome. Very fucking cool. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram. Um, actually, across social media, you can find me at Mary, M-A-R-Y-Y-Y, Stardust. So Mary Stardust, like Ziggy Stardust, but Mary Stardust. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, also, if people go to MaryJane.com, they can check out some of your work. Yeah, you can find my work at MaryJane.com. You can also find very great stories about all things cannabis, all things psychedelics, all things counterculture. We're kind of edgy. We're edgy these days. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're one of the, one of the media outlets that's like you know growing and and consistently like I don't know evolving in the coolest way in the, in the cannabis space. Oh, thank best. you. That means yeah. a lot. Thank you. The, we work really hard, and that's what we want to be. We want to be the place where you know if you're a misfit, you've ever you know you don't really fit in the lines and structures of society. Go to maryjane.com. We've got writers who are writing for you. <laughs> That's what's up. Love it. And also, uh, can you plug what your dog's name is? Please? Oh, yes. My dog's name is Little Bear. Stop oh, it. Little Bear. <laughs> <laughs> little what kind bear. of a dog is that? Uh, he's a he's an oversized multi-poo. <laughs> <laughs> when you say oversized, what are we talking? Like 15, 20 pounds? Well, so Little Bear is like 30 pounds but hear me whoa but hear me hear me out (laughs) little bear is a very interesting multi-poo because have you guys have seen the movie elf right oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. how you know how it's like he's the biggest elf of all the little small elves that's kind of like little bear little bear is just a huge (laughs) (laughs) multi-poo he's like the elf (laughs) multi-poo he's the will ferrell of multi-poos he's the will ferrell of (laughs) multi-poos absolutely Oh, man. We'll have to put a picture of Little Bear on our Instagram post when we post this episode, if, you'll, okay. if you don't mind us sharing. No, absolutely. Little Bear would love that. Truly. Great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to have Thank you back. You. It's so cool to hang out with you, uh, you know, this way. This is yeah. the way we hang out right now, and it's the yeah. best to just kick it. Thank yeah, you for having talk. me. It's been awesome. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Weed and Grub. Email us at WG at WeedandGrub.com. Uh, get a good night's rest, drink water, and thanks for hanging with us. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.